0: Premier Christian Newscast. Hello, and welcome to Premier Christian Newscast. I'm Tim Wyatt. And actually this week you're kind of listening to the non-christian newscast because we're talking about people who aren't believers at all new research by the think tank theos has offered a fascinating insight into those in the uk who say they are non-religious it turns out this group is a complex mixture of hardline atheists apathetic agnostics and spiritual but not religious types i'm going to be joined by the authors of the report and another academic who specializes in studying non-belief understand more about the people who tick none of the above on surveys about religion. We'll also be discussing how all of this should reshape how the church responds to the decline of faith in Britain and how it reaches out in mission and evangelism to non-Christians. thanks so much for joining us, uh, uh, Stephen, Nick and Hannah. Really great to have you on the podcast. Um, Could we start by getting you to introduce yourself briefly? Um, Why don't we start with you, Hannah?
1: (laughs) Hi, I am Hannah Wheat. I work for Theos Think Tank in London, and I work there as their science and religion researcher. Um, Prior to that, I was completing my PhD in theology at Aberdeen. So I have been with Theos now for three years working on science and religion and this report about the belief of the non-religious in the UK.
0: Brilliant. And what about you, Nick? Who are you?
2: Uh, I'm a senior fellow at Theos, an expense, a senior fellow at Theos. Um, I've been with Theos forever, basically. I it's so long now that I've forgotten what when I joined. Um, it's about 15 or 16 years or so. Um, and I I write and I speak and I um do I think about um Christianity and public life generally with a particular interest in science and religion. And Stephen?
3: I'm uh, Stephen Bullivant. I am Professor of the Theology and Sociology of Religion at St. Mary's University in Twickenham. Uh, And I work on all sorts of stuff. Um, Lots of stuff on atheism, agnosticism, non-religiosity, secularity and various bits looking at uh, Catholicism and, you know, various other bits and pieces too.
0: Brilliant. Well, that's a great panel, as as I'm sure you'll all agree. Um, could we start with, with you, Hannah, just briefly explaining what did your Theos report find? What were you looking for? What was the survey about? And what were the kind of headline, headline findings?
1: Our survey was trying to understand what do people think about um, religion and science? But within that, we had a very strong population of non-religious people, so whenever we were looking at the data, Nick and I kind of thought, okay, there's something quite interesting here in how non-religious people think about religion, Um, so what we found was that the group of the non-religious, or the nuns as we call them, those who tick the non-religion box, um, are quite diverse in comparison to what we can normally think of the non-religious as. So quite often, whenever you think of someone who's non-religious, you think of someone who's atheist, um, which means that they don't have a belief in anything. Whereas what we actually found was that only 51% of those who claim an identity of non-religious will state, I don't believe in God. And the other 49% are either agnostic or say that there's no way to find out if God is real or not. And there's 9% of nuns who believe in the idea of God or God's themselves more or less firmly so within that group of nuns we used a thing called a cluster analysis um to try and understand okay how do these nuns all work and how do they fit together so from doing that analysis we find that there's three main types of the non-religious so that being spiritual nuns so that's individuals who are non-religious but of them believe in some form of spirituality or the supernatural. Um, They're very open to religion. They believe religion has a prominent place in public life and they see value in it. The second type is the campaigning nun. So that would be probably our stereotypical characterized view of someone who is an atheist. It's someone who just really doesn't believe in God and is quite antagonistic towards religion, um, so 78% of them would say that religion is comparable to smallpox, the smallpox virus, sorry, stumbled there, Um, and then we have the final group which are the tolerant nuns, so they are just as atheistic as campaigning nuns, but they are more accepting of religion in society, so yeah they kind of see value in religion and its place in society and believe that it's not an abomination.
0: <laughs> and Stephen, when you're listening to that, does that chime with kind of the history of research into the non-religious over the last kind of 10, 15 years in Britain or is there kind of new things coming out of this, do you think?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I think there, are, there are, there's always new things coming out and and the nice thing about this report um, and, and certainly the survey that it sits upon is it's the first kind of full-scale Tailor-made, you know, properly done survey of this. I mean, you know, this segment of the population. But of course, it's more than half of the adult population. um So this is this is a huge kind of chunk of of of, of Britons, um, and and we, you know, it, it's not a surprise to find that you know, obviously that you know the there's a diversity among the nonce um, you know, but we knew that and 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 we knew that from doing kind of interviews and uh you know just just knowing friends and family and all sorts of things but what we don't have is this kind of big picture mapping um and you know if you take 5000 people and it's nationally representative and you're asking really well designed targeted questions about all the sorts of things we want to know about you know in terms of religion in terms of attitudes to religion in terms of religion and and politics and and sort of civil life and science and religion and all manner of other things so i mean this survey just gives us this wealth of of new data and and i think the the clustering that 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 hannah and, and theos have done with this is is really interesting i mean it because the the difficulty, if you know, with these big surveys is you end up with five thousand people, and you know, <laughs> in a sense, there's five thousand different nuns, of course. Uh, in a sense, there's you know, however many millions. Um, but we do want to group these people into kind of meaningful uh, clusters, categories, groups. Um, and and it seems to me that that this is a, a manageable way to do it, and 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 those three kind of constituencies, you know, I think for people who know this world, you know, make sense.
0: What was the rough rough kind of um, uh, numbers or kind of percentages? Were the three kind of clumps roughly the same size? Um,
1: yeah, there were so thirty three percent of. The nuns overall are, or sorry, thirty two percent are spiritual nuns, thirty four percent are campaigning nuns, and thirty four point five percent are tolerant nuns. Mm. Obviously, there's a few decimal places there, um, but roughly a third fit into each category. Obviously, we could try and, um, as Stephen said, there's an awful lot of I suppose diversity sometimes within grips if you're trying to go into the granular detail but that would just mean that you have 5,000 or a million different types of nuns rather than these meaningful categories.
0: Mm. Um, I guess I wanted to work through the three categories because I think this is a really fascinating way of kind of seeing the picture. Um, if we start with campaigning nuns is that kind of would it be fair to associate them with what was sometimes was called the kind of new atheism coming out of the kind of Richard Dawkins kind of vibe these are people who are not just I don't believe in God but they're actively as you say kind of hostile to the idea of religion and kind of want everyone else to not believe in God also
1: I would say that's a fairly fair picture and view of them but um I can also let Nick jump in <laughs> as well
2: I think that's exactly right I think the critical word there is identity non-religion is not just uh a badge you wear lightly for this group, it's meaningful, it's who I am, it's serious, and therefore there is, if you pardon the word, an evangelistic dimension to their non-religiosity, as you rightly say, Tim, they want others to not believe, to be nuns, because, going back to the data that Hannah quoted earlier, they think religion is bad. This is not just a lifestyle choice, like whether you choose to play golf or not, religion is intellectually, morally, socially bad. And therefore I will campaign, hence the name we came up with, against it.
0: And do you think that it would be a surprise to some people, maybe in the church, that um those group are only kind of a third? You know, it's not a small group, but I think is it fair to say a lot of people in the kind of Christian world have there in their mind's eye that if you're not a Christian, then you are by default, the alternative is to be a kind of hardline Dawkins style atheist.
2: Well, for my money, it entirely depends on where you're coming from on this. So superficially, those voices have been the most dominant, I think. And if they're the ones that you have heard, you know, almost uh, relentlessly in the last 15 years or so, if basically someone like Richard Dawkins is your picture of an atheist or a nun or the Four Horsemen, uh, Mm are you know your the, your picture of a nun then you might well be surprised to find out that only a third of people who call themselves nuns fall into that category and um, which means roughly speaking a sixth of the population as a whole if conversely i guess you've been paying more attention to this whole debate in the last 15 years or so you would have heard many other voices many other nuns in fact who are effectively say not in my name i don't believe in god um in fact i may even think the whole thing is intellectual nonsense but i absolutely do not subscribe to the hostility with which this group projects it then you probably won't be so surprised because you'll be aware that for quite a long time there have been other voices out there just possibly not quite as loud hmm.
0: and the spiritual nuns uh, would these be your kind of 1970s style kind of slightly new agey i'm spiritual but i don't like organized religion man it's just all too much but let me kind of like do my thing they're, they're not kind of they're actually doing stuff that is quite religious. You know, they might believe in God, they might pray, they probably think there's something after death, but they just don't like the label, the word religion is a bad brand, they don't want to associate themselves with kind of structures and institutions.
2: Well, I'll let Hannah take that one because she's more across more, more across the data than, than I am. Um,
1: I think that in some ways, yes, and in some ways, no, which is not a very helpful answer. <laughs> um, I think that... To a degree, our data does support that they are individuals who are non-religious and believe in some form of deity to a greater or lesser extent. And they are believing in so the spiritual and the supernatural, so life after death, the idea of you know, angels and um, the power of prayer, but they also are believing in things like the healing power of crystal, the supernatural power of ancestors. So I don't think that we can believe that it's just a religious necessarily component, or maybe the correct way of saying it is like a Judeo-Christian kind of religious understanding. Um, So I think that they're a bit broader and it's maybe unfair to say that it's about the label of religion because we don't have the data to support that if you know what I mean hmm. um so that would be my take on it I could yeah. be sorry go ahead Stephen. no no I'm just
3: gonna to, to just kind of agree but just to say that I think that this I mean we we talk about kind of the, the spiritual milieu right and um, depending on how you measure it, it's either very tiny or very large, right? Um, you know, the people who are kind of actively involved in, you know, going to Glastonbury or, you know, uh, going to Reiki, I don't healing, whatever, is very small. So the kind of, like, the act, the kind of, if you like, the, the practicing, uh, you know, kind of new age people. But there's this much faster world, right, of people who I'm just kind of you know whenever you see on Facebook and people who aren't religious but you know they they say something like you know I'm I'm asking for I'm sending good vibes or like I'm 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 the universe I'm just so grateful to the universe for bringing me bringing us together or like you know for getting me this new job it's that kind of very vague uh enchantedness about one's worldview that can manifest in all sorts of ways um but but i think very rarely in any kind of kind of concrete practices necessarily but i mean i think a lot of people when you ask them you know do you believe in god and give them a a sort of a range of answers people like this um, I don't believe in a personal God, but I do believe in a, a higher power of some kind. Um, and Dutch sociologists have a word for this. It's called eetsi- eetsism, um, which means somethingism, something mm. with a capital S. So a, they believe in a kind of a, a benevolent something um, that doesn't necessarily, you know, impinge on daily life in any kind of major way. Um, mm um and and may not be very well reflected upon but i mean i think a, a quite a large proportion of the people who we think of as spiritual nuns are um you know not again you know not your stereotype of kind of you know bloaty chiffon um you know new age you know lined with crystals and going to fortune tellers they might be you know looking at horoscopes and in in almost a playful way perhaps. Um, but again, I think a lot of it is worn quite lightly, which isn't to say it's not a very interesting and you know significant kind of social phenomenon. Um, but again, it's that kind of love. As with like you know, the we we're, we're very used to thinking of kind of you know religious people and Christians as being you know there's a there's a real degree of commitment and belief and practice. It's the same with the spiritual.
1: Hmm.
0: Nick, did you want to come in on that?
2: Uh, only to say that I, I think that Stevens is absolutely right about that. It would be a mistake to imagine that all thirty three percent of our spiritual or, or all of our spiritual nuns, or this thirty three percent category were actively practicing. Practicing is a is, is a critical dimension in this. It's worth rolling back forty or so years or so ago when British social attitudes first started polling public. In nineteen eighty three, they found something like forty percent of the public were Anglican. Now that 40% of the public were not in church and an Anglican church every Sunday morning. I can tell you that for for a fact. But the point was there that the Anglicanism was part of their identity, which meant I kind of, yeah, I believe in God. uh, I believe in heaven. I believe in judgment. um, And often, more often than that, so, you know, if you do enough good things, you'll go to heaven. So, I mean, theologically it wasn't, you know, particularly sophisticated, but that was part of their identity. Scroll forward 40 years or so. And, 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 you know, obviously the proportion of, Anglicans has massively massively declined and the portion of nuns has crossed and if you look at the the, the charts effectively that that's the big thing that's changed They're the other two data lines that cross about you know, halfway through that period but you get the same phenomenon now so a lot of these nuns um well and particularly spiritual nuns will voice these kind of slightly inchoate opinions about the nature of the universe but they won't necessarily do anything more about it. Than the Anglicans forty years ago did. Hmm. It's it's an attitudinal thing as much as anything else. Premier Christian newscast.
0: Premier Christian newscast. I don't know what you guys think, but I found it very fascinating um, over the past few weeks with all the kind of paraphernalia around the Queen's death, that it, it seems to really strike a chord and that the ordinary British kind of Middle England person who doesn't go to church and probably would say, tick the box, not religious, found themselves quite moved by some of the spirituality in a vague, hard to define way. And they, didn't, they wouldn't necessarily say, I believe all the liturgy that was being read out at the funeral, but that they're, they're not in any sense kind of hostile to the idea the idea that when someone significant dies, we should have some kind of spiritual moment as a nation to kind of commemorate their passing and, and reflect on their onward journey and, and this kind of language.
3: Yeah. I was literally about to mention this because um, I happened to be in green park with my daughter uh, to see, you know, <laughs> The, fla- the floral tributes and it was really and, and i always read the messages that people write when i see these kind of imp- i mean you see it all over the place so when i was growing up and it, you know in the 80s 90s you know you didn't see these kind of roadside shrines you know mm. where, where there's been some you know awful accident and you know that pe- then people kind of you know um, set up an impromptu sort of uh, shrine and, and i think that's a fairly new phenomenon um but again obviously in green park it was that but on a massive scale and and you know if you read the messages that people had poured their hearts into um you know there very much was this yes you know elizabeth is you know among the angels she, she's reunited with philip that was a big thing um possibly paddington's there too um <laughs> and and but also what struck me and again as a, as a catholic was you know the people clearly felt lighting candles was what you do
1: hmm.
3: um, and and it was interesting because people had just sort of I mean and the range of so people had sort of like very Catholic divine mercy candles there but there was also like they clearly just sort of like found like uh, uh, oh god I forget was the name of the company but a, you know like one of those like smelly candle company things from the bathroom <laughs> um, and and brought the candle in the house as the fitting thing Because there was this sense that, well, we 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 burn a you know you light a candle as a commemoration, Um, and I think a lot of that kind of uh, just not just in the kind of the you know specific memorials, but there was this sense of uh, you're right that people weren't exactly subscribing to the you know every word of the you know the Book of Common Prayer service or whatever it was. I don't know was it Book of Common Prayer, Um, but it was that it was right, and there is this kind of supernatural dimension to it, and, you know, there is a something uh, over all this. And all that thing about the rainbows over Buckingham Palace, and all that kind of stuff.
0: Um, Mm. Yeah, yeah. it's really interesting, isn't it? Seeing kind of public spirituality almost be invented in real time. You know, people, as they filed past the coffin, having queued for 12 hours, didn't know what to do when they got there. And so a lot of them you can see on the live stream were just kind of looking around and saying, do I pause? Do I bow? Do I, do I reach out? Do I just carry on? Do I stop? And and sense that you needed to do something spiritual, something meaningful having got to the coffin, but no clear sense of of what that spiritual reality or what might actually look like. Um, I'm aware we're, we're running out of time. So let's move on to that third group, uh, the tolerant nuns, as you called them. So these are the people who are kind of very content in their belief that they You know, they're not religious, but they don't have that antagonism towards religion that the campaigning nuns had. They're not your kind of Dawkins style new atheists. These are, to be honest, these are my friends from school. These are people who, you know, have no kind of real dalliance with that I'm spiritual, but not religious, but they have no real animosity towards me being a Christian. Do you think this is the kind of a a growing cohort that they're mostly younger, or they're younger than average, I understand from your research?
1: I believe that they are a growing cohort. They're also, um, and group of people that are quite highly educated is what we find too, or, well, have higher levels of understanding of science and of religion in comparison to the other two groups. Um, so I do think that they are definitely going to grow within the next X amount of years. And I think as well as we're hearing, as both Nick and Stephen have said, less about the new atheists and the kind of hostility to religion, I can imagine tolerant nuns kind of continuing to grow
2: hmm. just to oh. add to that i think that the trends here will largely be reactive to the news agenda if i can put it that way so were we to have done this survey 15 years ago there would have been much higher proportion of campaigning nuns it will be and we know that partly because when theos was launched in 2006 we asked a series of questions this was just after god delusion was published so he put um it's not actually from that book i think it's from a speech he did earlier. The statement about religion is like a virus. A virus like smallpox, only harder to eradicate into field. And we came back, and forty-two percent of people agreed with it, which I can tell you was not what we had wanted to hear as a as a Christian think tank. But we published. We published in the damned anyway. um Now we asked the same question for this survey back in twenty twenty one. Twenty one percent of people agreed that. So that's a significant drop, a uh, drop of fifty percent there. But the reason for that was in two thousand and six, religion is a civilizational threat. According to some people, you have to remember this is a, you know, the epoch of Islamic terrorism and a kind of a religious rights, Bush administration and um, massive instability in, in the Holy Land. Religion is a serious problem. And therefore, there is more to be said for campaigning against it. Scroll forward 50 years or so. You know, The world is no, no safer today than it was 15 years ago, arguably less so. But the enemy is less obviously religion. So there's no real point in being a campaigning nun, because what are you campaigning against so much? Now, I think intuitively Hannah's right, but I I suspect the proportion here will largely depend on, effectively, where the civilizational threat goes in the next 15 years or so. If, If you scroll forward five years or so, and Bolsonaro, supported by Pentecostals, is tearing up the Amazon and... Um, Putin, supported by Patriarch Kirill, is inflicting further, memory on, uh, further misery on Eastern Europe. In other words, if we're back in a situation where you can justifiably argue that religion is part of the civilizational threat, then you will see more campaigning nuns. I hope that's not the direction we're going on, but I think these proportions will be responsive to the news agenda.
0: That's really interesting. Uh, I wanted, just before we come to a close, to think about What implications for the church these findings might have, I guess, in particular about how Christians who are thinking about how do we kind of, you know, mission, outreach, evangelism, whatever language you want to use, do we need to change how we're approaching that kind of thing to try and nuance our understanding of who the kind of non-religious we are, we're reaching out to? you know, to be crude, they're not all Dawkinsites, then we don't need to quite hit so hard on the kind of apologetics, maybe, and, and, and maybe emphasise Christian spirituality and, and steer away from the religion label. I don't know if any of you guys have thoughts on that question.
3: I mean, I think... Oh, sorry. No, go uh, for Stephen. Yeah, I was just going to say that I think, like, when I've spoken to, to church leaders in the sense of priests and, you know, vicars, as, you know, be, well, the, the, you know, the few bishops who talk to me, um, Anglicans and Catholics. Uh, I think they're quite well. You know, if people who are interested in mission um, tend to be aware of this, uh, and they know that you know the nuns are this kind of um, variegated group. Um, I, I do. I mean, I, I I tell you what. I do think that the church needs to stop doing. Um, it's to stop saying, oh. Yes there's lots of non's but you know they're not all atheists and some of them are you know kind of believe in something and 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 just kind of counting them as <laughs> well we don't need to worry about them because they believe in something because that isn't what christ you know Christianity didn't you know christ didn't come to you know to to preach the good news of something you know some <laughs> kind of a benevolent uh you know aura of around the universe um and and i i do think that you know that this is i mean in 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 some ways you know kind of a a, a full-blooded uh you know uh thoroughgoing atheism is you know in in many ways nearer to a, a true proclamation of christianity than a very vague uh you know sort of pagan and in inverted commas, enchantedness about you know you can wish things into into you know manifesting and all sorts of stuff. Um and I think and maybe an apologetics aimed at that, um, rather than just kind of thinking, oh, they're the good guys and you know, they're they're basically Anglicans really, sort of thing. You know, and and that, you know, they're not. It's it's so far away from anything remotely connected to, you know, classical creedal Christianity.
0: Mm-hmm. Nick, you wanted to come in on that as well. Well, i just saying so I think
2: that's a very good point, from Stephen. That the wrong way of reading this data, these data, is to say, well, you know, a, a lot of people believe in spiritual healing and basically they're Christians. Um, Stephen's absolutely right. There's, there is a danger of boosterism in, in this, and you want, want to avoid that. Um, in one sense, response to these different categories is quite clear. You know, if you're talking to a tolerant nun, what you say to them is come and join and help out in our food bank if you're talking to a spiritual nun you will say come to a service of compliment or you know a reflective meditative um uh evening service with me if you're talking to a campaign nun you say let's go to the pub have a pint and talk about the football because there's reason reasons we should talk about religion to each other um but, no,
3: I disagree on that. I think they're the oh people dear, who want on. to talk about religion, and actually, they're the people who you know you're not going to come out all you know all agreeing, but actually, you know, you often have a good a good back and forth, <laughs> Uh, you know, possibly you know quite a very good natured bantery back and forth, but you know, a good a good back and forth, but you know, yeah, with football on is you know always good.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, I think fair point. If you like if you like cutting up rough about this and having a lively conversation, you know, it's it's great fun at, at pub. I, I suspect. You know, even within the campaigning category, there are those who are more amenable to a bit of rough and tumble and, and well, I mean, I think... used
3: to be one of those, so I, <laughs> I, I kind of see, see myself in them, you know. So
0: yeah. All right. So it seems like the first task really, if you are an evangelist, is to try and ascertain who you're talking to and what kind of non-religious person they are, rather than just saying, right, you're not a Christian. Here's here's my tract or or here's my I, alpha course or, or whatever I, it is. I think
3: that I think the first task is to read Hannah's report, frankly. <laughs>
0: And where can we get hold of that report, Hannah?
1: It is available on the Theos <laughs> website.
0: Brilliant, and we'll try and put a link in the in the podcast description for people who want to go a bit further and, and dig into the research. Um, thanks so much, uh, Nick, Hannah, and Stephen. It's been a really fascinating conversation. I'm grateful for your insight and your thoughts. I do encourage you to uh to go and peruse the report and many other excellent reports that Theos have put out over the years. Um, and uh, I hope we can invite you all back on the podcast at some point in the future. But for now, I'll say uh, goodbye. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. That's it for this week's episode of Premier Christian Newscast. We'll be back next Monday morning. And to make sure you receive each week's show sent straight to your phone or tablet, make sure to subscribe on whatever podcast app you're using. If you're enjoying the podcast, please could you give us a rating and a review on your app? This really helps us spread the word about the show. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Premier Christian Newscast.